pull over, lean in. It's time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time, your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? This is the way that RuPaul specifically phrases this question, but she's not the only one who asks this question. If you have been around in the self-love sphere, looking up things on social media, um, I love, by the way, I love that this is actually like a mainstream topic. I think of this often because when I first started out, it wasn't, um, well, there was, there was a lot of I'm, I've been around, you know, and so it was a long time ago. There was, I didn't even own, I'll tell you, I didn't own a computer at the time that I got married to myself. So let's just, let's just say that. Okay. So I wasn't reading Instagram posts. I wasn't looking on Pinterest. I wasn't seeing all like self-love wasn't trending. There were no hashtags, right? Like I didn't have access to this uh, debate, about the idea and the concept, and not only the debate, but the development of this concept in a community forum, right? Which has its amazing benefits, obviously. I mean, it probably is part of what brought you here. But also there was something kind of nice about being sheltered from it, because it really was a conversation just between myself and I, just between me and me, to define and explore what self-love, what loving this person could be. I was very fortunate, actually, I think, to have no other influences. Because right now, what I see a lot of is part of our self-love journey is like deconditioning, unattaching uh, from all of the noise about self-love itself. Maybe you can relate. Um, And that phrase that I started with, this idea that Um, You need to love yourself first before you can love others. Um, I've used this phrase. A lot of people have talked about this. Um, There's, of course, that, you know, RuPaul making it very catchy and popular, ending every episode of Drag Race with this. Um, And Brene Brown even talked about it. I wish I keep trying to find that clip and I can't find it. But uh, in an interview, she was asked about, you know, her research about shame, belonging, human connection. Um, Is this thing true? And she said she didn't, I'm paraphrasing and I don't have the clip. (laughs) So just, just trust me on this or not. But um, that the sad truth was that you can't give what you don't have. There was truth to that statement. And nobody likes to hear that because of course, I mean, imagine if you're a parent, uh, you know, it's like, a huge insult potentially, right? It's like, it's a very provocative thing to say. You don't really love the people that you love in your life if you don't love yourself. Because if you're listening to this kind of thing, presumably you're looking and seeking of how to love yourself more. 
And so that can be very tricky. It can be very insulting. And one of the things that guides all of my self-care practices and also all of my like coaching is not about, well, and I get caught up in the trap of right and wrong and the binary thinking, you know, it's in the culture. And so a lot of it is like trying to like notice it when I'm like, it's in me and it's coming out of me. Take a step back and ask the question is like, if there's no right and wrong, what I want to know is what is helpful? What is actually helpful? You know, that's why when I give homework to a coaching client, for example, it can be one piece of homework for one person could be the worst possible homework, you know, and uh, but very helpful for someone else. There might be things that people say, this works, this is the, you know, gratitude lists, right? Oh, this five, you know, we've all heard this stuff. For some people, that's not actually helpful. But the idea that that's the right way, that that is the path to living a great life, to loving yourself, to really, you know, manifesting or whatever, gratitude is used in every topic, it seems, right? Of how to be successful. Um, if that doesn't work for you, it can be a real mind fuck while you like blame yourself because this is the right thing. This is how it's supposed to work and you can't do it. You can really see how easily you can spiral into doubt and self-doubt and not trust yourself and be looking for answers in other people about how to love you, which is exactly the opposite direction. <sighs> Do you recognize yourself in any of these things? Um, I want you to know that I do too. That's how I know them well, right? I've been down these hallways. That's how I know what color they've been painted, you know? So I'm with you. And I was fortunate. I was fortunate that I did not have these rabbit holes to go down when I first started to be more conscious about my relationship with myself and to get actually engaged to myself. That was, that was something done uh, with a lot of protection, you know? that I'm very grateful for. So here's, here's, I have a lot of things I want to talk about on this. One of the things (laughs) that just pains me, the reason why I'm recording this is because I know how beautiful and important uh, prioritizing and being conscious about my relationship with myself and self-love. I know how much that has impacted the quality of my life for the better. It has been expansive. It's impossible for me to Uh, imagine who I would be without it. And so I'm so passionate about that. And what it is for me and my life will be different for what it is for you in your life. But it's really, you know, self-love is is many things. One of those things is the path to authenticity because, you know, self-awareness has to be there for self-love to develop, right? You have to know yourself get to know this person, uh, be aware of this person, actually see this person, face the truth of this person, right? So when you are making a practice of just that one element alone of self-awareness, like imagine how your life would be different with zero self-awareness, maybe (laughs) if that's even possible. But I'm sure you know some people in your life who are completely oblivious to their patterns, to how they argue to what they like and don't like, to what they really want. Um, they're, they're operating, responding to the environment. They're operating, responding to others. They're probably in some kind of survival mode. They're doing their best, but there's so much more. Like maybe like the kind of people where you ask them if they uh, could do anything and they have no answers at all. 
Um, you ask them what they want to do. They don't know, right? They don't even know what they like, right? Imagine like the quality of life from that way of being where you're not aware of this human, all these, I don't think those people are boring. And if, and if that's you, I don't think you're boring. I just think we haven't lit up the rooms yet. You know, we don't know yet. It's an undiscovered territory. I think human beings are fascinating. And if you ask the right questions and if it's safe for them to open up, it's like every one of us is like a bulb of like an amazing flower that like no one has seen. This is the vision I have, like, you know, when I think of the work I do in the world, it's like, I want to open, I want to soften, I want to help encourage the bloom of as many of us as possible. I don't think there's duds, okay? So, but imagine the difference of the bulb and the bloom in your lifetime, just from awareness of like, oh, I like this. Oh, I like you. (laughs) Oh, I hate my job. I want to do something else. Um, Anything, right? I mean, awareness is like, yeah. Anyway, so I mean, just that one alone is helps me has helped me to reveal more of who I am to myself, to understand myself, to know what I love and don't love. Coming after that is like, okay, the awareness is there. And then compassion has to be there because you can open up all the awareness you want. But if you're just there, and it's meeting an like an army of self-criticism, you know, that's, (laughs) you need a little more, you need a soft landing, right? So, you know, imagine me finding out, oh, this is what Danette's like when she's angry. This is how Danette fights when she's feeling threatened. Interesting information. I am now self-aware of this. If I meet that with judgment, then I'm going to feel like I'm wrong, I'm terrible, I'm a bad person, no one should be in a relationship with me. Like, I'll make up a bunch of nonsense. If I meet that with compassion, it's like, oh, wow, sweetie, okay, (laughs) you're feeling threatened. Like, what happened to you? What kind of, like, trauma response is this? What do you need in this moment to regulate and calm down? Um, I see that your heart is trying so much. Um, how can we make this easier for you so that you can get what you want, which is probably not to argue with people you love. Probably it's to connect, to be seen and to connect with people you love. So like just in that little moment, that one little example, self-awareness met with compassion. This is part of the process of just loving yourself. This is it. It happens in like everyday circumstances, right? So circling back a very wide circle to why <laughs> why um it's i'm so passionate about the work i do is because i know what an amazing and rewarding experience it is and when i see things that start to like um like those rabbit holes those debates those uh where it's all kept up in the mind and it's keeping us from this beautiful work of loving ourselves it's distracting us with the debate of like well is it true that you have to love yourself before you love someone else because what if you didn't you know get that and then like you know you learn to love through other people loving you and like you know there's I've seen all the instagraphics I like I know okay so like there's it's a big conversation we can get very heady about it um and it's interesting to me it's interesting to me but what like what I get real riled up about is, is when it stops people who are new here. I have two decades of not just self-love, but of self-marriage under, it's not under my belt. It's all over the place. <laughs> I'm not even wearing a belt. I'm wearing overalls. So there. 
but you know, it's like we can get there and be like, try to get it right. Like, well, I need to figure this out first. Am I loving myself enough? Do I love this other person enough? Well, what if I want to do this? And like, we stay up in the head debating, you know, in this whole like binary thinking, comparison thinking, debate. It's, it's, it's a, it's combat. We haven't even softened. We haven't even gotten in there. And what's really important here is that, um, so how do I feel about that sentence? It's like, well, I believe Brene Brown because <laughs> I think she's amazing. I think she's an incredible researcher and I just love her work. I'm sure you've heard of her and also love her work. If not Brene Brown, you just need to Google that and have a great time. Um, but I do believe we can't give what we don't have. And I don't believe it's as simple as that also. Um, I don't think it's like, yes, the metaphor of you got to put the mask on yourself first before you put the mask on the child on a plane. Yes, that's a great metaphor. But it's like, I think that this conversation gets to a point where it's not put the mask on yourself first and then the child. It's it's who gets the mask. You know what I mean? Like, And I don't know if this is just the nature of like social media conversations, um, but it's like, it's not an either or. And it's really important to kind of lean back. Like the fact that it's becoming like a debate puts us in the energy of fighting or looking at two sides, right? It's like a, like a polarizing thing. But here's the thing. I want you, of course, to love yourself more and more every day in a tiny way. Some days you might slip back, come right back. You know, you're always welcome here. And I want to reveal this bloom of the whole world of like what happens when we are love, when there's more love in us, when we are allowing our relationships with ourselves to facilitate the bigger picture of love. That's like the big mission, right? That means loving yourself for who you are, which is a human being, as I'm... (laughs) I know I've made this joke before. I'm like, I'm assuming that you're a human. Um... Humans are wired for love, belonging, connection. We need each other. We need relationships. So when I say love yourself first, it's including the human you are who needs belonging and grows in relationships and love. There's certain things we can only do with other people where that's part of our nature as human beings. So it's not instead of. By saying the self, that means it includes the others by saying that it's like no you gotta like go to love others you know it's like sometimes not always but sometimes and I think that's why this phrase is so popular is because it ju- it's just a reminder a lot of us seek love outside of ourselves we seek wisdom outside of ourselves we seek advice you know we're always looking out and kind of atrophying our own reserves of self-trust and knowledge and wisdom and confidence. This is popular, not for everybody, but for a lot of us, right? It's like to get that approval from someone else. And so that's why when you start with yourself, it includes the other person. But when you start with the other person, it doesn't always include yourself. Uh, I know I'm speaking in absolutes. I'm really (laughs) self-conscious about my own language here with this, wanting to hold space for you for all of these things to be true, for multiple truths, right? Um, And mainly it's because if there is a amazing castle, a wonderful world, a forest of like self-love, enlightenment, 
um, peace, harmony for all human beings, for the planet, like all the big, beautiful things that we might aspire to as huge dreamers and lovers in the world. There are doors everywhere. There's doors all over the place. And none of the doors are right or wrong. There's a lot of ways in. But you know what's always the way in? You. (laughs) Because you're the one standing in front of whatever door it is, opening it up. That's why I specifically am passionate about starting this work with a relationship with you. Because you are the person opening the door. It's like there's lots of people teaching about the doors. (laughs) And that might, and that works, right? It just, it just depends on where you're showing up and what interests you and what's accessible to you and what's exciting for you. Like, I don't want anybody coming to work with me and doing the art of self-marriage course who's like doing it because they're supposed to. That's completely the wrong energy here, right? Like, I don't want you to do that. That I don't want, I don't want you to feel like you're supposed to do anything, Right. So it might be another door. It might be entrepreneurship. You know, you probably, if you're an entrepreneur, you have either experienced or heard people talk about how it's such a huge creative journey. It is such a challenge of self-love. People talk about this a lot in like, you know, self-employed solopreneur business podcasts and books and stuff. It's like, this is a, it's a boot camp for your relationship with yourself. It is so incredibly challenging, right? And so that might be the door that some people go through, right? And self-love becomes this like byproduct or something. But I was listening to um, a a finance podcast the other day and this man was talking about, it wasn't anything about self-love. It was purely about um, money. And sure enough, at the end, he did what I've heard so many experts in other fields do, which is say, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about self-love. You got to have self-love. And they don't really explain it. But at the end, it's they, they mention it as the foundation. And I'd like to start there. <laughs> so but there's no and there's no wrong way. I have also like I've I've gone to a lot of the doors. I go through to a lot of the doors still today at the same time. Um, but my my long-winded point is um, it's not either or. And the overthinking about this debate about what's right, what's wrong, what's the right path, what's the right door for you, it keeps you on the porch. It keeps you in front of a bunch of doors, confused and um, foggy and nervous that like you're going to get it wrong by going through whatever door, Right. And that's the part that like I wanted this episode to speak to is if you find yourself kind of outside this wanting more for yourself, it doesn't matter. There is no wrong door and your brain is going to brain it because that's what it does. Um, I like to tell my brain when it starts overthinking self-love and compassion (laughs) and these basic things that I've been practicing for years, my brain will still get involved and want to judge it, want to debate it, want to get all intellectual about it. And I, because that's what brains do very well. And I just let my brain know. It's like, hey, um, oh, I see what you're doing. (laughs) This is that self-awareness piece also. (laughs) Like, hey, brain. Um, By the way, like, I, I see what you're doing and you're trying to solve these problems, but actually... Um, you're actually like really overqualified for this particular task. Like it's, it's, it's not difficult. Self-love is kind of like not your domain, <laughs> you know, not because you're not amazing because you are very amazing. 
Um, but actually it's like, this is where like you, you can take a break because we're really going to need you later for some like really heavy lifting. Um, thanks so much for your input, <laughs> but please take a walk because overthinking is just standing at the door. The love happens in your body, in your heart, in your intuition, in trusting, not in trying to like obsess and ruminate about what the correct path is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what door. So when RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? On the show, what happens is everyone just says, amen. And then that's the end. It's, it's a call response. It's a bumper sticker, right? It's a phrase that we're not really meant to go into. But she's asking a question and nobody's answering the question. I'm going to turn that to you, dear listener. Um, so if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? And I mean that sincerely, because I think that question is phrased in a way where it's assumed that you can't, and then it gets shut down. And I think that that uh, implication is what riles people up and want, and they want to speak about it, right? Because it's, it, it's, it's a problem, <laughs> you know, um, to, to make it so simple, right? But how the hell are you going to love somebody else? It's like, there's lots of ways you can love somebody else when you don't love yourself. What are they like? I can tell you, um, when I was really not loving myself, how did I love others? Um, Well, I loved them the best that I knew how. I loved them with a lot of hope. I loved them with a lot of desperation. I loved them with a lot of... um, neediness. I loved them for what I projected onto them. <laughs> uh, I love them in, like instead of myself sometimes. I love them more than myself sometimes. Um, we can also ask, is this really love? And that's a whole other episode. But it's like there was, I can see now like where there was limits, you know. I loved them so in a way that uh, – allowed them uh, to treat me badly. I love them in a way that like was boundaryless. Is that loving? You know, uh, and I'm talking, I'm, I'm, as I'm spitballing here, I'm thinking of like the real lowest times, you know, like there's other times where like there was, you know, it's not always like so extreme, but I'm thinking of those extreme examples. Um, but I did feel love. I did loving things. I did my best. That's how I loved someone else when I didn't love myself. Like, like actually answer the question. Because at the end of the day, I want you to choose you, not because I said so, not because it's a cool thing to do. I want you to choose you. And this is where that self-awareness piece comes in. If you're not aware of who this person is, then like, what are you choosing? I want you to be able to see yourself, to be more of who you are to make that choice consciously. I think we can tell on some level, at least I know I have. If I wasn't really allowing myself to be who I am, so the self-awareness, self-compassion, I see that as like the path or a path to authenticity, right? If we know more of who we are and with the compassion we allow more of who we are, then we are more of our authentic selves, okay? When I am hiding my authentic self 
for sometimes great reasons, you know? We've all experienced pain. This is not like, uh, don't don't add to the blame by judging anywhere that you are in this, right? Um, but if like we're hiding parts of ourselves, we are accommodating, we are becoming what we think the other person wants. That's another thing, I how I loved other people when I didn't love myself. I became what I thought they wanted by sh- to show them, <laughs> hey, look, look what I'm doing for you, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, when we do all of those things, then the love that we're experiencing is the love based on this person that we're revealing, right? Um, and I think that we can feel that. Like when I was, when it d- didn't always work out, when I d- didn't love myself and threw myself into the arms of other people, um, it doesn't always work out. But when it did, even when it did, it was like, I got to maintain this. This person thinks I'm like this. I got to maintain this. Otherwise, I won't have the love because I made all these accommodations to be loved by this person. You see how different that is? There's nothing. And I spent a lot of time there, right? So this is part of the self-awareness is just to look very honestly. I look back at myself in those times and I have so much compassion for her. And um, I see her just doing the best she could. And self-love wasn't even like a concept that occurred to her yet. But love was. And she was trying to find it the way that she knew how, using what she knew, right? So there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's just so good to know. I know that there's so much more available for you, dear listener. If you want to be really loved and feel the love and believe it, right? Like when things are messy and you're not holding everything together and you're going through a hard time or you're allowing yourself to be happy or whatever it is, whatever it is that you've been holding back because you're too much or not enough. When you're revealing all of that and someone is looking at you and they see you because you are revealing yourself and they love that person, it, it's a different feeling. It's a really beautiful feeling to be like, wow, I'm really, really myself right now and this person loves this. This person loves me. I think that our bodies can pick up on that. Um. One of the ways in which this has shown up in friendships has been, uh, I, I, I have known many people um, who were conditioned to uh, be very polite <laughs> and uh, to be very accommodating and to be very pleasing. Okay, I've known some people like that. Maybe you are one of those people. I have been one of those people. Um, but like in more of an extreme way where you just never hear them say a bad word. You never hear them complain. They're always like, usually it's like a higher pitch. It's okay. I'm fine. You know, that, that kind of thing. Um, (laughs) it's every once in a while, if the friendship has gone on for a long enough time and because I have modeled my own authenticity by, you know, showing all kinds of sides of myself, including like the ugly sides, including the like angry sides and uh, unpopular opinions and whatnot. Um, I guess I have established a sense of safety or trust that (laughs) I wouldn't judge this person. Um, But at some point, it is a combination of like them feeling safe in the context with me and also them just having enough. And then they lose their mind. They get really angry. Like something will happen and they will, it's like something like 
if there was a table full of people, all the heads would turn like, oh, my God, we've never heard this out of so and so we've never heard her complain in her life. And she just like lets it go and roars all the opinions she was holding back, all of the things she really thinks. The things that we know were like she doesn't really mean, but it's just this anger, this creative anger just coming flying out of her mouth. And I have had this honor, I, I will say, to experience this witnessing. And when that happens, I just fall so much more in love with this person. I am like, oh, there you are. There you are. And that's hilarious. And yes, you have the right to be angry. And oh, this is what you look like when you're angry. And it's so beautiful. And then shortly after the outburst, there's often like a little bit of like vulnerability hangover of like, oh, I can't believe I said that. And, you know, part of how I love others and how my self-love helps me love others is that I can hold space for that because I've held space for it in myself. And I'm not doing it to prove I'm a good person. I'm doing it because I get it. And I love how ugly it just got. And I'm not holding her character to every word she said, right? And it's just gorgeous. Anyway, it's it's a beautiful gift. I understand that you don't um, reveal this to everyone. Like shooting your mouth off all the time in anger isn't, that's not the goal <laughs> to just anyone and everyone. It was that moment of revealing, right? Or someone who's really surly all the time, suddenly having a laughing fit. You've never seen that. I had this friend of mine who was always just had like, you know, was pleasant and funny and cool. And I didn't even notice that I didn't know what her teeth looked like until something happened years into this relationship. (laughs) And like, she started laughing and she smiled with her teeth showing and it kind of freaked me out. I was like, whoa, I've never seen this face. (laughs) So, you know, it can happen in both directions of like revealing joy, revealing rage, revealing who you are as a human with a whole spectrum of emotions and a human who needs to belong and needs to connect, you know, So this debate, let's not debate it anymore. Whenever you hear these phrases, you have to love yourself first. Even when I say it, there's probably, it's probably said in many of the previous episodes. Um, But whenever you hear it, think of it less as a statement that you have to decide what, you know, how you're voting on it. Notice if you go into that kind of space. Um, When you hear it, it's just a little reminder. It's a bumper sticker reminding you to bring your attention to yourself. Are you loving yourself right now? That's all it is. It's like, hey, are you doing the thing where you love yourself and everyone? Or are you just, are, is your focus out? Is your focus out on everybody else? In a way where like you are empty and you're seeking something, you know? It's just a check-in. And if you hear it as a check-in, it's just like, oh, oh, wait a minute. And you can just come home to you right? Just by noticing, you don't have to do anything in the moment. Just be like, oh, wait, am I? Oh, okay. Shake it off. (laughs) I'm actually, I'm good. I am whole. I am wonderful. I don't need to overthink this, right? How do I feel about myself today? What do I need today? What am I learning? What am I aware of? And remember always the compassion sauce, right? Huge ladles and ladles of that sauce. Just we can't have enough self-compassion that uh that's how it's all gonna work ah so 
please, if you are standing on the front doorstep of some kind of self-love journey and listening to this podcast has been a part of it and you really want to open a door and you really want to connect and be supported, maybe this is kind of new for you. I would love to see if working with me is the best thing for you, is a good thing for you. So you can open that door by going to RadicalCreativeSanctuary.com and right on there on the front page, you can see you can book a call with me. We will have a conversation about whether or not I'm a good fit. We will see where you're at. Uh, This is a no pressure call just to see. I want you to choose you and in choosing you, choosing the coach that's right for you. That is important to me. So uh, don't be shy. Ring the bell. Send me an email if also you're confused or whatever. Um, I'll help you out. And uh, speaking of helping out, where would I be without Alison Tarr of alisontarr.com and techcoven.com? I am sitting in front of the tarot. Well, it's actually a deck that she gifted to me before moving away. And one of my favorite cards is the star card. And it's so gorgeous. And I chose it for today. I Usually I pick a card. Um, I don't choose one. But I did a reading for myself last night. And the star card was part of it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to choose it for tomorrow's card. <laughs> I'm not going to let the fates decide. I want to claim this. I want to be connected to this. Um, and that is part of what has inspired these thoughts. And me reaching out to you. Right? We all have that guiding light inside of us. It's different from everyone else's. Your bloom is different from everyone else's. And sometimes it's hard for us to see from the inside. That is what I am a guide for. And if you would love for me to be your guide, then please reach out. RadicalCreativeSanctuary.com All right, dear listeners, you know that you are someone worth loving and that it all starts with you. Take good care of yourselves. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing these episodes with friends you think would love to hear it. That means the world to me. We will talk to you soon.